welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you are exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Raquel. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Karen, how are you? I'm fine. We're all prepped and ready for the big Halloween here tomorrow. That's, yep, that's right. So uh, do you and uh, Jim have any trick-or-treating outings you plan on doing? Um, Jim is working. Okay. And I don't think that anybody will walk up our driveway. So, no, we have candy, and if nobody comes to the door, which nobody has in the 11 years we've lived in the house, uh-huh. um, except for my son when he would go trick-or-treating, and that doesn't count. So, anyway, if nobody comes to the door, then I will send the candy to Tanner at school. Oh, well, there you go. You can share it with all of his buddies. That's right, because he also has an Xbox One that needs to be shipped to him, and he has a new iPhone that needs to be shipped to him. So, nice. Yeah, well, you know, he he. I usually get the calls, the "Hey, mom, I need money" call calls from school from him. Right. And today I got the "Hey, mom, my phone is ghetto and it's going to die, and if you want me to keep calling you, I need something new." So. Oh yeah, well, of course. Yeah. So there you go. He never calls his dad with this crap. Right. So what are your big Halloween plans? Uh, tomorrow I am. we are going uh, trick-or-treating with Theo, and uh, he is going as Batman, classic Batman, mind you, from the 1960s television show, and I am going as the boy wonder Robin. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Interesting. <laughs> So, do you live? His, do you have project. a neighborhood near nearby? Well, we're kind of like out in the not really, not really so much out in the middle of nowhere, but we are rural. But we are kind of uh, in between two really really big towns. So we're going to go over to uh, one of the one of the towns, and um, we're going to go trick or treating in Jamie's uh, sister's uh, neighborhood. So mm. that's what we have planned. Very good. You know, I saw. And I don't even remember where I saw this because, you know, how news items come through your Facebook feed all of the time and you click on various things and so you read so much. You get so much, in this day and age, we get so much information that you can never quite remember where it came from. But I read an article. No, it was a a letter to, like, Dear Prudence, who, I don't know, writes for one of the salon or something and it was a person from a wealthy neighborhood complaining that poor people brought their kids to their neighborhood to trick-or-treat and why should he when he already his taxes already have to support these poor kids why should he also have to support them with his candy because that 25 cent candy bar is just going to break him you know what is what is with people? Why do some people got to be such jerks? You know, I mean, it's it's Halloween. It's it's that's what it's all about. Is poor people begging for food? I don't know, but I mean, yeah, it's it's Halloween. It just that needs to lighten up a little bit. Well, exactly, and really, what the people probably do is what we did is we don't live in a neighborhood. 
um, like I say, we don't have trick-or-treaters coming to the house. So we would take the kids, if we didn't take them to like a trunk or treat or something like that, or like a shopping mall where they did it, we would take them to a nearby safe, clean, well-lit neighborhood. Yeah. You know, that's what we did. It wasn't that we were going to, uh, to you know, richer neighborhoods or anything. Take them someplace where it was well-lit and safe and clean. And I'm sure that that's what people are doing. So, I don't know. I saw that and I just thought... Oh, please, give me a break. <laughs> How does he know they're poor people? Yeah. <laughs> Are their costumes like Charlie right. Brown's? Remember Charlie Brown's costume with all the holes cut in it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, anyway, so let's uh, preview preview what we're going to be doing for the big show tonight. Yes, for our Halloween show, uh, it is going to be me, Karen, and presumably Chuck, and from uh, In the Dark Radio, and we will be talking about our, well, personal paranormal experiences. But, you know, it's like, here's 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 a problem with that. We were talking a little bit about that, Karen. It's like, we've been doing the show now for four and a half years. I would kind of think that everybody's pretty much heard it all. Well, we have new listeners. We have yes. different listeners. Mm-hmm. And we're just so stinking fascinating that, come on. Our our paranormal experiences are all pretty good. They're pretty spooky. You know what we should have done? And I didn't even think about this, Cheryl. We should have sent in some of our EVPs. I thought of it. You didn't ask us for them? No, I didn't bother. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Too much work. Too much work. Too busy. Sorry about that. Oh, God. (laughs) That's what we should have done, though, because, I, I mean, realistically, they've probably heard all my EVPs, too. Yep. I don't know. Hey, hey, it's good to revisit these things. I know. So, um, Monday or Sunday, Saturday night, there we go. Third time's a charm, right? Saturday night, we will be doing paranormal tours at the Lewis County Historical Museum. That'll be a lot of fun. We often have um, a lot of activity on the tours. So, I'm hoping that for the people who made the reservations and paid to come out, that, that we'll get some activity for my had a lady at the museum on Friday who was who was coming on the tours and she was standing there talking to me and she was just like wide eyed with like excitement that she might get to do this and might get to see something and I always hope for the sake of the people that that come out that that they get a little bit of an experience they get a little taste of it yeah yeah definitely well so um, Cheryl yes. What'd be up with the magazine? Um, well, our October issue finally hit the stands. And, and it's Yeah, we're excited about it. I haven't little, looked at little it late, yet. A little late in the month, but in time for Halloween. I guess that's all that matters. Um, we relocated across country, so we had to take a little extra time on this issue. But it's it's as good as ever, I, I think. And we have a lot of um, pretty cool articles in there. Um, some articles about Halloween, some articles about magic and metaphysics and psychic stuff and all sorts of good stuff in there. So our listeners can go to paranormalunderground.net and check out the archives and pick up any issues they'd like to. There you go. Sounds good. good. So check it out. It's a good issue. It's chock full of Halloweeny goodness. <laughs> and it's the kind of Halloweeny goodness that won't make you fat. <laughs> right? It's, it's sugar free. Oh, yeah. It is. It's sugar free. It's low fat. It's low in calories. 
but it's just as delicious. So there you go. Well, so I was telling you guys um, off the air, but I'll mention it on the air again. So my son is uh, very quiet to his friends about my, what do we call them? My, I don't want to say proclivities because that's not right. <laughs> my gifts and abilities. And he doesn't talk about it a lot. And only very select few people know. And um, it's mostly kids who've known him all their, his life. And so he's at college and he's seeing a new girl. And um, so Monday I was getting kind of this, I don't know, like I just kept getting, um, like feeling his vibration, but feeling it in a different way. Right. And so I texted him in the middle of the day, and I was like, is everything okay? Um, I've been, you know, you've been coming into my mind a lot today, and I want to make sure everything's okay. And um, he'd been having just, like he says, the worst day he's ever had there. I just He'd had a really, really bad day Monday. And he his girlfriend was in his room, and he wasn't near his phone. She wasn't. She picked it up and saw it, and she looked at him, and she said, how does your mom know to ask you if everything's okay? And he just said, oh, my mom's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you didn't tell her. You could have just said it was mother's intuition. Right. He said, no, I just said you were weird. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> that works. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. Um, we are going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll have Chucky e. G. And we have some stories to tell you. So stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back. Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. Hey everyone, Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun, right here on the Hazy Radio Network. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, joining us tonight is going to be Chucky G from In the Dark Radio, In the Dark Production uh, Productions, and a good friend of the show. So, hey, thank you so much, Chuck, for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me on once again. I feel like I've overstayed my welcome on Pug. No. No, you're always welcome here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> It's awesome. It's like coming home, you know? It's like yeah, coming it home. Is. Right? It is. And not only that, but you're kind of our default guest. And that's not, I don't say that in a negative way. <laughs> Thank I mean, you for clearing that up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do, that's what I mean. I don't mean that in a negative You're also our default yeah. substitute host. And, I know. you know, whenever we have a need on the radio show, we call you. I keep worrying that we're going to abuse the crap out of you. And at some <laughs> point, you're just going to tell Cheryl no. And then what are we going to do? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, every time I see that default button on something, I'm going to say, that's me right there, man. That is default. Me. No. Oh, I, you default. know, we were we were doing the good crap off the air, but again, I'll tell you, we love you, Chuck. We do Thanks. love you, Chuck. I yes. love you guys, too. Thank you. See, it's just a big love fest here. We're not always spooky. No, no. sometimes we're lovely. That's right. All mm. right. So let's talk about some experiences. huh? So I kind of um, wanted to do this in a way to start off with, at least, that was a little different. Um, and I just want to ask you about your blankest experience. Um, so the first experience I want to ask you is, tell me about a time, tell me the time on an investigation when you reacted in a way that you would prefer not to have had other people witness or prefer not to have reacted, Chuck? <laughs> oh, well. Um, <laughs> we, all have, we all have that story. Yes, I know. Luckily, luckily, it was in the dark in a graveyard, so nobody saw me <laughs> except for my other cohorts. But was, we were in a, we were in a, a small uh, – I don't like to do grave – graveyards too much you know um, for lots of different reasons but it was kind of cool we wanted to try it out it was somewhere local a uh, very small offset from way offset from the road like woods around it so uh it wasn't ox um it wasn't ox where rick and i went but it was a smaller one and oh, okay. um i was about to ask um, no it wasn't it was very small and these guys they were we were the first team ever allowed in there so we're like okay let's check it out so <laughs> we're doing this stuff and I'm I'm panning over and I'm using my uh, camera, you know, looking around and just kind of viewing things. And all of a sudden, I swear to God, I thought it was I thought it was a Sasquatch, okay? Because it was so big, it was just the darkest, tallest shadow person I have ever seen. Was it your own shadow? Wow. <laughs> no, it was actually a shadow person, but oh, it was like I just went. Sasquatch. I, I, I turned over and I see this thing move up between the two tombstones, and it like, and it's very dark. But you can, you know, even you know how it is when it's dark. There's still some light, so you know yeah. when something gets blocked out. This thing blocked out like this whole gigantic. And I go, holy shit! And I drop my camera, <laughs> and Larry, Larry comes running over. What the heck happened? I go, just start taking pictures, you know. And he starts flashing pictures, and we we caught this really crazy like a light anomaly. Of course, we didn't catch the the shadow uh, person, but uh, I'm sure I scared the crap out of him too. But um, and then it was like gone. But it was like I just didn't I didn't expect that. I guess 
there because it had been pretty quiet and calm for the whole night. We'd be getting some EVPs and, you know, a minor stuff. But sure. I mean, this thing was taller than me. It must have been like nine foot. Oh, and it cool. was, and I swear it, it was like a shape, you know, I've ever seen a Sasquatch, a typical A Sasquatch, like on TV, you know, or whatever. It was that right. gigantic, like big shoulders. And yeah, and my camera just goes on the ground. I'm like, yeah, professional I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at this. Okay, Rick. How about you? You yeah, know, but hang on a second. Let, let's just, let's just elaborate on. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, sure. Let's elaborate. <laughs> yeah, let's Go ahead. Deflect. That's we're right. Going to... Way to deflect. Yeah, really. We're going to <laughs> Use it the fault guys. Sure, go ahead, Rick. What do you want to know? We're gonna be the uh, we're gonna be the TMZ of the uh, paranormal world here right now. No, <laughs> oh, I'm joking. But um, no, seriously though, I mean, w- w- would you not agree that like stuff happens when you least expect it? When everything just seems to be quiet, it's like boom. That's when something good happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I I can I can agree 100. percent It's like. You know, you can prepare all you want. You're like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And then as soon as you're like, oh, we're just going to relax a little. So what'd you do today? And all of a sudden this door flies open or something and just scares the living poop out of you. Yeah, um, yeah pretty much. I don't care how yeah. big you are, how tough you are. Um, even if it's not uh, like scaring away, like, oh, my God, I'm scared. Like after it happened, I ran into my car and drove home, you know. No, um, but, not. I mean, it just like startles the crap out of you. And, I mean, I might have tinkled a little, but, you know, I mean, that's between <laughs> you and me. Oh, sorry, and the whole world now. But Yeah, um, yeah, yeah uh, the whole world listens to Paranormal yeah, Underground Radio. They do because the show yeah. is so awesome. It is. It yes, is. it is. Well, so there you go. There's my, there's my experience. Okay, Rick. Yeah, Rick, come on. Well, okay, I had something. I had a very similar experience. Um, it was when I was with um, McHenry County Paranormal Research Group, and we were investigating. We, you know, always did private homes, and I we were in this one room. Uh, was the room where the kid slept that that it had somehow invited this uh, entity into his home, and I was I had the um, the thermal imager in in my hand, and I was like the only one in the group that besides the the leader of the group, the founder and lead investigator, who was allowed to touch this thing, and I have it pointed at the wall. And all of a sudden, in the th- I see this face just shoot out of the wall, like right <laughs> at me. And I could see it in the screen of the thermal imager. I didn't drop the thermal imager, and thankfully, because the thing was like $15,000. Yeah. I did scream like a little bitch. And you know what? And that is like the only time that I've ever really had that kind of a reaction where I actually screamed because it was, it was like – it it startled me. I mean, it it startled me, and I let out like a whoa like that, you know. And, <laughs> Did you do that again? Yeah. Whoa like that, and uh, you know, I, I, I had like a I had like a Zach Bagans dude run kind of moment or whatever. But I, I, um, I liked your analogy of scream like a little bitch. I like that. that <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I did. I let out like not, not even let uh-huh. a scream, but just like a little yell. And, and it's like it's just it's so weird. It's like we are in a business where um, we are supposed to. Expect, we're not supposed to do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where we are supposed to expect the unexpected, that was really unexpected, and and it did it didn't scare me. It just startled me to the point where I was like, wow, you know, and yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, but that's that's exactly it. The response is one of being startled. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, what I've discovered in this field is that everything is recorded for posterity. Sure. And so when you behave in such a way, and it's instinctual, you don't intend to, um, you certainly, when you play it in your mind ahead of time, 
you know, when you see something, you don't scream like a little bitch and go, oh, you, you, you <laughs> say very calmly, oh my, there's a face in front of me, let me record this. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> I have never, I've never, I have never, and I've had things just appear right in front of my face. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know what it was about that one instant, but that really, really startled me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, and it's funny how you said that, Karen, because it's like, that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, I didn't look so bad, you know, and then you're going back and you're viewing footage and you're like, ah, ah, oh, and you're like, my, oh God. my God, I look like a re- an idiot, a total yes. idiot. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, so, so since I've made you guys tell yours, mine has been not only recorded for posterity, but replayed relentlessly by my team <laughs> whenever we do tours, whenever we do talks, whenever yeah. anything, my team loves sharing the it's fortunately not video footage it's just audio footage which may be worse <laughs> and i think i've probably told this story on the air before and if not patty's probably called in and told it because she finds it so delightful and it's the <laughs> night that i screamed and quit oh Ooh. oh yes so we were at the lewis county historical museum um a couple years ago and they had just gotten some new artifacts into the museum and the director called us and said can you please come in here see look jenny's typing into mm-hmm. chat right now what did jenny just type i quit i, I quit yeah yeah that's right <laughs> um anyway so they had just gotten some artifacts in and the director asked us to come in so several of us came in and we brought just handheld equipment and like a few laser grids and things so sure. we were sitting and this is a big long gallery that's you know a longer as long as a football field or so we're sitting at one gallery looking down it, two galleries away and you can see very well and we had set up a laser grid and we were watching what looked like figures kind of waving in and out of this great laser grid like the wacky wavy waving inflatable flailing arm tube pants i never say that right you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. right yeah okay. right yeah okay so we were watching these things in the laser grid and at one point the laser grid all of a sudden got really bright and then and i mean it's not supposed to do that stuff so that was kind of weird but then things just sort of quieted down and we were just sitting and having a normal conversation and in fact what we were talking about was the dibbic box Ooh. and okay. as we're talking about the dibbic box all of a sudden from somewhere very close to us is a huge bang that actually sounds like somebody shot a gun or something. It was very, very loud. Right. And um, I screamed <laughs> and dropped an F bomb. And and then um, and and then said, That's it, I'm done. What I meant was I was done for the night. What Patty took that is as I was quitting the paranormal forever. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, and there was nothing that should have made that bang. And so we, we got up and we were looking around. Well, at the same time, Patty went towards the door and she actually felt somebody run their hand up her back or touch her on the back. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't one of us. And so yeah. we finally, we actually walked around the outside of the building because I was sure somebody had shot out one of the windows with a gun. And so we actually walked all the way around the outside of the building to make sure nothing had been thrown at the building, nothing had been thrown through the windows. When we turned on the lights in the museum, what we discovered it was, was a pen. But the pen appeared to have, and and this is all supposition, we don't know for sure, but we have a photograph and there was no pen on the floor from before. And after this incident, there was a pen on the floor. So what we think happened is that something with great velocity threw the sign-in pen from the front desk and it hit 
the glass, I mean, but loud enough that it startled us like that, and it hit the glass and skittered along the floor. But, yes, my first reaction was to scream, drop an F-bomb, and say, that's it, I'm done. And, um, of course, now, in in my mind, my reaction to that would have, of course, been, oh, well, that was very interesting. Let's see if we can figure out what caused that. And that's not what happened, is it? No, and Patty just loves it. I mean, she she does. I'm sure when we do these t- tours at the museum on Saturday, I've begged them not to to share that bit of audio, but it's probably going to be played again. You're, you're part of the tour, and they say, and this is where Karen Frazier freaked out. Here, let me play that for you. So that's the night she screamed and quit. You know, I didn't crap myself. I didn't. Well, that's good, <laughs> but but it's that it's we uh, and that's the only time I've ever had a reaction like that. Just like Rick was saying, and 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 like it's like you were saying, Chuck. It was when things had quieted down and you least expect it, mm-hmm. and it just startles you. And you know what's funny is the stories I hear a lot of paranormal investigators tell about that moment because we, I I don't care who you are, we've all had a dude run. Oh yeah, we have. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. And almost everyone that tells the story, what startles them was very likely nothing paranormal like a refrigerator turning on or an ice maker <laughs> yeah. with ice you know or, or someone talking through your walkie-talkie and scaring the living crap out of you i've had that happen too yeah i mean like, so we all we all have that yeah. moment though every mm-hmm. one of us you do this yep. long enough you have it so, so that was mine mm-hmm. so i've now told that story and i'm okay yeah. it's all right this is let this be a moment of healing amongst the three of us <laughs> I, I validate both of your choices. I feel like I should be laying down on the couch right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've had the moment. Okay, yes. no. so yeah. I would yeah. like to know, um, because I think we've all seen full-bodied apparitions. Um, first full-bodied apparition, Chuck. Um, I, haven't had that, I haven't had that opportunity yet. Isn't that funny? And all the time I've done this. But you did have the shadow guy. Well, I had the shadow guy, yeah. I've seen lots of shadow people. But just those apparitions... Like, uh, I'm sorry, but aren't those? I mean, you, I think they're those. Well, are I guess yeah, they're considered. Yeah, I, I yeah. suppose that's that's true. Then I mean, I I look at a full body apparition as like you know, like the lady in white or something that you know, somebody that's wearing like 1800s garb or you know more more human looking that actually has some features and stuff like that versus just a big black shadow scaring the crap out of me. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. But I mean, I mean that's I guess that's true. I mean, if you look at it that way, I mean, I've seen lots of mists. I've seen lots mm-hmm. of things forming. I've just never, I've never, I've always wanted to see just that lady walking across the room or something. I go, what the hell was that? You know what I mean? I, I haven't had, I haven't had that pleasure yet. Yeah. yeah. Jenny was mentioning that, um, Jenny Patrick, who's a member of our team, is mentioning she just had her first full bodied apparition in September at the museum. And it was really kind of funny. Um, I hope she doesn't mind me telling the story because I'm going to. We actually okay. had, Two two members of our team in the last couple of months have seen their first full-bodied apparition at the museum. Mm. So, Rick, we'll get to yours in a minute, and I'm just going to tell you uh, the two from our team. So the first the first one was actually Andy, the museum director. He works at the museum. And we were there investigating one night. We were there with, um, oh, lots of good friends of this show. For instance, um, Ben Robison and mm. Jay Verberg and um, Casey Goodwin and Michael White and, you know, a lot of really good friends of the show. And we were doing this this investigation at the museum. And, um, sorry, my phone went bloop again. 
<laughs> I have a new cell phone, and it keeps going bloop, and I don't know what it's trying to tell me. It wants something from me. I, I can't feed it right now. It so anyway, um, so we were, our team was mostly sitting in a central office in the museum and just sort of giving support to the people who were, um, who were investigating. And so Jay Verber was back in the back of the museum, and there's a kind of a loft space. We call it the catwalk, but it's a loft. It's where they store a lot of artifacts. And there's this spirit there. His name is Tom, and he was really fascinated by Jay. And so Jay was really trying to get Tom to interact, and it wasn't happening. Even though Tom was fascinated by Jay, he also has kind of a sense of humor, and he just wasn't doing it so jay goes walking up towards the front well andy was out andy the museum director was out taking pictures and he um he walks past jay and he's going back to where jay was and jay's going out to the front of the museum and as andy walks past jay jay's like okay well you if tom bothers you or gives you any trouble you let me know you tell him i'll come back and you know and and i'll talk to him and andy's like oh no no i'll be just fine and Andy walks back to where Jay was, and about 30 seconds later, he's at the door of the office, and he says, um, can somebody come with me? <laughs> he saw Tom. Tom appeared in front of him, <laughs> standing at the foot of the stairs of the loft. And, and Andy's relatively new to this. He's only been with our team for about six months, a little uh, long. Lucky dog. I know. And, I mean, and in the moment, it just, like, you know, it's that, again, that, <gasps> Did I just really see that? So that was the one. And then Jenny, um, just like a month later, a month or two later, we were at the museum and we were doing one of William Becker's fabulous, fabulous psychic development classes. I think that, it, no, it wasn't. It was at our Paranormal Potluck a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sitting back in the back room and Jenny comes back and she says, I think I just had an experience. And the look on her face was really weird. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well, tell me about it. And she had been, there's there's a store. And she actually, um, there's it's a fake store. It's, it's like a display that was a mm-hmm. store here in town at one right. point. And it's enclosed. It's locked. It's got windows around it and stuff. And she thought that there was a mannequin in it. And then she realized <laughs> there's no mannequin in that display. So, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome. those were those were the two recent that our team had. So Rick, what's your first full bodied apparition? The one that shaped my life when I was eight years old. Uh, I, I, you know, witnessed and interacted with uh, the spirit of a uh, of Mrs. McNutt. I mean, that's how we knew her because that's well, that's who she was, and um, you know, that was the experience that started me in on this. Mm. Yeah. So what what happened? Well, I, it was my cousin and I, we had just gotten done watching television. I think we would actually, it was in the summer, so I'm pretty sure we had just got done watching a Cubs game. And it was bedtime, and I had to go to the bathroom. So I'm walking down the hallway, and, I, I, you know, a, a lot of apartments in apart, apartments in Chicago, they're very old. So it's like you get, like, the front room, which is at one end, and the kitchen, which is at another, and in between is this long hallway. Well, there's no electricity in this hallway, so my grandmother... She used to keep the um, uh, the bathroom light on so we could, you know, get up and go to the bathroom and, you know, whatever. And as I'm walking down the hall, all of a sudden I see the light turn off and thought that was strange. Okay, somebody's coming out of the bathroom. So I'm walking and all of a sudden I see this woman come walking out of the bathroom. And it really wasn't she was walking. She was floating. I mean, she had like no legs. 
And I knew it wasn't my grandmother because my grandmother was, you know, like four foot 11. This person was well over maybe five, 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 six, five, seven, you know, very tall. And, um, I just sort of stood there and she turned, looked down at me and she felt my face. And she said in a very, very thick Irish accent, my, what I'm trying to say it, my, what a fine young lad. And then she just turned around and walked to the kitchen, walked toward the kitchen. And as she walked toward the kitchen, she just disappeared. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And as a cool. nine-year-old, you processed that how? Eight years old. Oh, eight, excuse me. <laughs> I was eight years old. Yeah, you know, I sometimes joke with people. I tell them that it's like uh, I, I knew about the dead before I learned how to ride a bike. And that's true. You know, I mean, yeah, obviously when you live in the city, you don't really ride a bike too much. But it was, um, yeah, it was definitely that experience that shaped my life. And, and even, you know, 32, almost 33 years later, I'm still doing this because of that full-bodied apparition that I saw and interacted with. That'll get you, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's funny funny you were saying that, Rick, because that that clicked in my head, and I have to take back what I said, because I guess I did see a full-body apparition because it was my mother who I saw after she passed. So I guess technically that's, because that's how I got started with this was because, you know, I, I, for some reason I, I was never a, Hey, let's go to wakes or funerals. I had this, I had this thing about not wanting to go because I just felt it was kind of, I don't know, it's terrible to say, but it's kind of a waste because you just, I just felt you just, you keep, you keep going. I just, for some reason I always felt just keep going. So to me, it's kind of like, you know, it's 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 more for the people that are alive that you're doing this, not the person that's that's passed on because they already passed on. So, um, sure. so I always argue that fact. And then when my mom died uh, of cancer, she was 36, I was 15. Um, I do remember uh, after she had passed away because it was very it was a very vicious cancer, lung cancer. You know, and in yeah. the 70s, they couldn't you know there wasn't a lot of uh, uh, treatments like there are now. So um, she had a lot of like she'd be up at night pacing in the kitchen that kind of stuff. And uh, and so I I remember the the sounds of hearing her pacing and stuff because I was the oldest and so I always worried about her. Um, and then of course uh, she passed. And then I remember being home when my dad was out. Uh, brothers were I think they were upstairs sleeping, and I started hearing like the uh, the walking like I used to hear her pacing in the kitchen. And I was like, what the heck is that? You know what I mean? Like maybe my, one of my brothers is up. So I went into the kitchen, and there's nobody in the kitchen. And, and then it dawns on me. There's a, there, I'm hearing footsteps on a tile floor, but after my mom passed, my dad had carpeted the kitchen floor. So there's no way you could make that sound, even though it was somebody else. Mm. And it was very vivid. So then, and th- like a couple of weeks later, I was thinking about her, thinking, God, that's really weird. You know, I just can't get that out of my head. And then I'm standing on the street, going across the street, coming back from my friend's house to go home. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's my mom. She's on the other side of the street, looking healthy, long hair, staring at me, smiling. And then uh, I, 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 my brain is just like kind of like going into overload. Like, am I seeing this? And mm-hmm. she's just standing there, just smiling. And then the bus goes by. A bus goes by, and then she's gone. So wow. then I knew right there. I knew right there. I was like, all right, now I know for sure that we go on. There's just no way you can explain that, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's kind of how it got my. Uh, that's how it got me going, you know, into this field. So I guess I have to take that back. That is true. Was I it comforting it. to you? Yes, it was very nice. It was not scary at all. It was very cool. It was like I was so happy to see her whole again, 
And, you know, because, I mean, when you, when you, when you die of cancer, I mean, when I saw her last time, she was bloated up by water pills. She had lost all her hair. And she's yeah. a, she was a woman who had hair down to her butt, you know, because she was yeah. uh, part Swedish. So she had really dark black hair. And so to see her back the way I remembered her before all that was, it was very comforting. It was, it was actually very nice. So I, I felt, I felt really good about it. I felt really good. I was like, okay, now I know something's going on. So that's all good. And then I just kind of jumped into the feel after that. You wow. know, it's interesting because actually I would say that my um, experiences with full-bodied apparitions, even though the one that I say is my first was mm-hmm. the one I saw up at Wellington, I had an imaginary friend who was very, very real. I mean, I can still picture her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she may not have been imaginary. She was a few years older than me and she had... Um, she wore a dress like uh, like Laura Ingalls Wilder would wear in the Little House on the Prairie show, like Melissa Gilbert would wear, you know, that kind of um, dress with those boots and stuff. Yeah. And um, she had long, dark hair, and um, she would play with me. We played together. That's cool. So, That's yeah, I, yeah, and, and, and I just always considered that it was my... Um, that it was imaginary because that's what everybody told me. I mean, mm-hmm. but she would sit down at the table with us. Like I would make sure that there was like a place setting for her. <laughs> right. She, exactly. would sit, she would sit down at the table with us and she would talk to me and I would talk to her mm-hmm. and my family would roll their eyes. Yeah. And yeah, it just, yeah. I mean, this is, this is like an epiphany right now because I'm telling you, it never occurred to me. Yeah, well, see, because, I, I mean, I even wrote that article in the magazine about that, that yeah. because I have a friend Right now, whose uh, daughter um, is talking to someone, and she'll, she'll go into the room, and then she'll stop, and she'll say, "Who are you talking to?" My my friend. Well, who? What's her name? And she won't see. She goes, "I." She won't tell me anything. And I go, "She goes, do you think it's real or not real?" And I go, "I, I personally, my my opinion is, I mean, I, though there are you know imaginary friends because we have imaginations. I really believe that." It's not. I mean, for the most part, I believe it's a spirit, whether it's family or maybe someone from the past that's from that area or whatever, and they connect to the child in some way because they can feel its innocence and they can just be themselves and they don't have to explain and the child's not afraid. I think that's. I think there's a lot to be yeah. said about that. Well, she was yeah. solid and real. I mean, she was, she was just as real as if, you know, a real kid was standing here in front of me. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, interesting. Um, well, I'll have to I'll have to revisit that when I we have some time to process it and think about it. Um, the other weird thing I did now that I'm just that came to my mind, and this has nothing to do with ghosts, but I wanted uh, is that now I'm going to have to rethink another incident, which is when I uh, was a kid, I went downstairs to my parents' bedroom in the middle of the night, and I stood in the doorway and I said, "I'm going home now," and they said, "You are home," and I was absolutely adamant that I wasn't home. I mean, I remember still just being so mad at them and insisting. They were like, well, where do you think you are if you're not home? And I couldn't tell them, but I was just adamant that I wasn't home. So, interesting. The things we do as kids, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, okay, the next one I want to ask you about is, um, so sometimes I think spirits kind of do strange things to get our attention. What is the strangest or the spookiest or the weirdest thing that you've seen that you think was a spirit trying to get your attention? Rick, we'll start with you. Um, I think 
(laughs) My grandfather, who just passed away um, a couple months ago, I've been told that he hangs around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... um, in fact, I just, you know, I, I was talking to Joe Marie Morris last night about this. You know, we were talking about the stuff that we got coming up, the project we're working on. And she was telling me that my grandfather is around me. And um, according to her, he had caused something to fall in the house. And there was no way that she could have possibly have known that. And uh, she said that he did it as a joke to get my attention. I never did find what, what it was that fell, but I know I heard it. And Theo heard it, too, because we were home together at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and I never really found what it was, but uh, according to her, it was my grandfather trying to get my attention. Cool. Yep. So, how about you, Chuck? <clears throat> well, besides the fact that you know, when you're doing things, you hear a lot of cussing in the spirit world, which I find pretty funny. Um, uh, I remember one time we were doing some uh, an investigation, and I was going up the stairs. And uh, every time I walk upstairs, I could hear like walking by him, like and every time I would stop, it would stop, and I would go, and it would go, and I'm thinking it has to be an echo, it has to be the stairs, you know what I mean? So I had yeah. other team members like going up the stairs, like you know Larry and those guys, and nothing. So I'm like, all right, fine, it, it was probably just me or whatever. So later on, I'm going up them same stairs, and I go up and I hear it's like it was like it was like following me on purpose and mimicking every step I would do. And I would stop and would go, I would stop. It was driving me insane. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. And it's like, why are you doing that? And, and you know, and it's always that way too. Like when I do, like uh, if I use a K2 or something, I'll say, Hey, you know, can you light up the K2 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it won't do it. And then I go fine. And I turn my head and I'll hear all, all the other team members laughing because now it's going. And I turn around and I look and it stops and they're like, it was just going. I said, all right, watch. I'll turn around and say, okay, I'm not looking now because I know you don't want me to see it. So go ahead and do it. And it would do it every time. <laughs> it was like, really? You guys have that much of a sense of humor? You're going to mess with me? So yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I get in the spirit world. They like to mess with me quite a lot. Yeah, well, they do that. They yeah, do they're funny. Indeed. Funny, funny people. That's <laughs> right. What's that? Well, I was like, it's just saying that, they, you know, they got nothing else better to do. I mean, that's I know. That's right. <laughs> If I were to become a ghost, I'd be totally messing with people. Oh, totally. Yeah. Much fun. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, I you know, I, I think you, I've probably told you both mine, and it's, it's again, well-documented because I wrote it in my book. Like, you know, apparently I don't ever have an experience or thought that I don't write about. Sorry, world. Um, I'm a writer. It's what I do. Anyway, and it involves um, the questionable decorating choice that my 21-year-old husband and I made at the time. We had a six-foot inflatable Godzilla. Had that one. lived in that lived oh, in the corner awesome. of our, yeah yes. he lived in the corner of our living room that was how we decor I decorated it was really nice uh, I think we had some like beer lamps and stuff too you know and the neon beer signs and I think we had a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. uh, we were very young <laughs> anyway and um, I came home one day and I was at home alone my husband was in the navy he was out to sea and i lived alone there was no one else who lived with me and i opened my front door and i'd actually fled the place the night before in terror but because it had been trying to get my attention in different ways and spent the night in the super eight motel um (laughs) so when i came home the next afternoon after work i opened my front door and it was a very small apartment you could see from the doorway into the bedroom and um I opened the front door, and that damn Godzilla was sitting up right in the middle of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that was an eye-opener, wasn't it? Yeah, 
that was uh, I moved. <laughs> Not that day, but very shortly thereafter, I moved, um, and you know, my husband came home to a new apartment. <laughs> so, okay. So the next one I want to ask you about is because we're all, even though we hesitate to label it, we all have some abilities. Sure. And so I would like to hear a story about when you, an incident that made you first start to suspect your abilities, Chuck. <laughs> I know she goes right to me. Besides, yeah. the, besides the dream that you uh, went over with me. Um, <laughs> that uh, dream was pretty, yeah, pretty rocking. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty crazy. Um, it's in this month's um, Paranormal Underground magazine. Pick it up. Go on. So uh, I always I could never always figure out. I mean, everybody everybody does investigations. Everybody gets uh, EVPs. Everybody gets this kind of stuff. I I just don't understand. I never could quite figure out how I always happen to be at the right place at the right time. I mean, quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know that other people uh, do as well as I do, and I'm not saying I'm any better. I just seem to just know where to go and and what to do to get the spirits to kind of, you know, jo- I joke around and they, they just like to connect with me. You know what I mean? And I could never figure out why that was or why, like, um, when I'm near people and they're very high on their emotions, my, my body goes into overdrive. Like I, it's like right off the wall overdrive. Like if someone's really angry, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like four times angrier. If someone's mm-hmm. tense, I'm like really tense and I'm trying to calm the situation. You know, I just, could never figure out why that was. Um, I just figured, ah, I'm just moody, you know what I mean? You know, I'm just moody. Maybe take a pill or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be calm, you know what I mean? That kind of a thing. No, that's um, the empathic thing. That's That can be yeah. That can be rough. Yeah, it's weird. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I had my, um, and then, you know, Nancy's always uh, told me, Nancy the Porter's always told me, oh, yeah, you know, you're psychic. And, and then my, my friend Cal, who is a psychic also from, uh, Nova Scotia and showed me on the show tonight, they're always saying, oh, you know, you're psychic. We're picking it up. Or they're like doing tarot cards and this stuff. And it's like, oh my God, you're, you're psychic in like a big way. And I'm like, no, stop. That's just silly. You know what I mean? So, um, but then I had that dream that you wrote about that you helped me with. And then after that, I was like, this kind of, like, it kind of like opened my eyes a little bit. Like, well, maybe, maybe it, it it could be, you know what I mean? I just never looked at myself like that. You know what I mean? Um, and so I kind of went, okay, fine. And then it was the, like, um, a couple, uh, maybe a couple weeks after that dream that I dreamt and I saw my buddy Al, who, by the way, uh, you know, he, he passed away, of course. You guys know that. Um, a while, just a while back. This, in fact, this is our, fir- our first Halloween, my first Halloween without my friend. So it's a little happy and a little yeah. sad, you know. But anyways, he came into my dream and it was like Al, you know, he has hat and everything, just being normal, goofy ass, paying the butt Al. And, uh, we had a good time. We just, I just remember talking and hanging with him. It was just really nice. And it wasn't like, you know, I don't know how other people look at it, but I can tell when a dream's a dream. Like, you know, dreams are kind of erratic, um, mm-hmm. in a sense, and they, and they don't have the, even though they, people say, Oh, my dream is so real. There's still something dreamlike about it. This was like, I'm, this is actually happening. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's, all my senses are, are there. It's my smell, my everything. And I'm talking to him and then he, he, we, we talk for a while and then he, he says, I gotta go. And I'm like, fine. And I remember walking along the side of this building for some reason, I don't know what building it was. And he sat down on this park bench in the, in the back of this yard. 
And he said, I got to go. And I said, okay, fine. And then there was someone else with me because I don't know who it was I was talking to, but he kind of just laid his head back on the bench. He, he closed his eyes, his mouth open, and it's like he died. And he just kind of went away. And I was like, whoever was behind me, I said, oh, it's okay. You know, in a minute, his body will disappear because it's not really his body. You know, it's just a, a, a facsimile of. And they'll be fine. It's all good. And I woke up and I wasn't scared or freaked out. It, f- it felt really nice. You know what I mean? Like I actually had had a, a visit with my friends. So I guess that's when I started picking this up and I'm just kind of working with it uh, since then. Well, and so did Cheryl send you because I actually, you sent me that dream too and I did interpret it and I've, Cheryl has it. And you, did you get that interpretation yet? Yes. Yes, I did. And Which I saw was, that it wasn't, it wasn't an interpretable it dream. It was an experience. Yeah. yeah so it was an experience yeah. and that it was, um, uh, well, is there to say on air? I mean, it's in the magazine and all, but uh, sure. uh, basically what it was is, um, I was in this really cool, like, I was in a, like a, I say, I can explain this. I was in a forest, but in a town. It was all green all around me. I just felt it was, it was really beautiful. And, um, there were like these homes and stuff, like older style homes. Like, I don't know if they were log cabinets or whatever. I couldn't really make out too much. It was a very um, idyllic setting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it was really nice. And then I, I walked outside and I went to the, like the back of the house or the side of the house. And there was like this little fenced in, I can still remember this. This is so weird. Like a little fenced in area, but the fence was really tall. It was like, kind of short, like knee, you know, shin high or whatever. Um, and it had a tree in it. And I remember, I don't even know what kind of tree it was. It was kind of a willowy tree or whatever. And there was these jars with like marbles and they were, and they were, and they were lit. And they were like half in the ground, half out, so you could kind of like half a moon was sticking up out of it. And I was thinking, wow, that's really weird. And they're like glowing. I'm like, that's that's cool. So, I, you know, of course, it draws me to them. And I grab it, and I kind of start to pull it out of the ground. And, and I might add, there were like, which is really weird, there was like these lighters, like old-style lighters, but only the bottoms of them. And they looked like they had been lit, and they were like laying around, and there was like these other like crystals just laying around sporadically on, on the ground. So I go to pick up the jar, and it starts doing this really like humming, like, like in your gut humming and it the, the light started to go out and i was like no 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 i just i in my, in my mind instinctively said put it back put it back put it back what are you doing so i just stuck it back in the ground and they and the sound went away and it started and it was lit again and i was all good now i remember walking away from it thinking that's really weird and there was this lady uh sitting on a uh a fence a higher a taller fence and i said hi how are you and she said i'm fine and then and i said uh, I really don't want to leave here. You know, I really like it here. And she said, well, but you have to. Everybody, Everybody's leaving because everybody else, I always see all these other people leaving. She goes, you have to go. I go, but I don't want to go. She, I go, it's really nice here. And she goes, yes, I understand that, but it's time. It's time for you to go. And I said, okay. And I said, well, it's nice to meet you. And she's nice to meet you. And then I left and I woke up. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it was a pretty significant dream. And yes, I, it's it's changing it's changing sort of the course of some of the things you're choosing to do. So good for you for listening to it. Thank you. Well, yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, you know bringing it a little bit more to light. You know, and it's nice to have friends that are are in you know in this uh, that are gifted that can kind of help me find my way. Because you know me, I'm Mister Logical, and you know, yeah. Well, you have trying to, to go well. Little, you have to start being a little less logical <laughs> when you start to work yes. with with the abilities. So, Rick, when yes. when did it sort of maybe click into you that that there was something going on with you? Well, it was. My abilities were always very suppressed because it wasn't you know, liked in my family. It was a very, um, yeah. you know, very evangelical, religious kind of family. So it wasn't really like – so it's like I didn't really start paying attention again until I was in my 20s. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I, at the time, we were at the uh, local Target. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm walking, and I f- could feel the presence of a man walk right up behind me. And he's like, hey, what you doing? And I could like, hear his voice inside my head. He's like talking to me. And he said his name was Mike, and he had died there, and he wanted to come home. And, you know, that was when kind of like I really started to pay pay a little bit more attention to my own, you know, sensibilities was after this thing with, you know, Mike. And I remember we're actually walking out of Target, and I turn, I turn over my, my right shoulder, and I say to Mike, I'm like, dude, you got to stay here. You cannot come home. And my wife is like, I hate when you do this stuff. <laughs> So that was when it was like, you know, even though it's like I've always had that, always knew that I had it, it was very suppressed, but I didn't you know, start to explore it even more until I was in my 20s. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, so mine was um, sort of two things. Chuck, I totally get what you're saying about, you know, that sometimes you're ragey for no reason and sometimes you're, you know, and, I, and I'm one of the most easygoing, laid-back people in the world, but when I live in places where there are a lot of people, Mm-hmm. I have a problem. Mm-hmm. I my emotions just go whack. Like when I lived in the dorms, the dorms were difficult for me in college. Um, apartment buildings are difficult. Were difficult for me. I live in a house at the top of the hill, away from our nearest neighbors, and I and, and that was a very conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I get it. But when I first there's I have kind of two that really made me start to think about it, and they were just days apart. The first one was um, I used to joke that going places, going to Walmart specifically would make me ragey and that I thought that they they pumped rage hormones into the air at Walmart to, <laughs> no, to, make, everybody's, to make everybody's experience more pleasant. And um, but I would notice I would be feeling fine and as soon as I would get in the parking lot of Walmart I would start to get tense and by the time I was inside, I'd be like, <gasps> and and that seemed weird to me. Um, I don't go there anymore because it because of how Walmart affects me. But anyway, so that was the start of it. And then one day I was sitting here at home. I was back. Um, I think you guys know I make jewelry, and I was yeah. just sitting back in my in my little studio making jewelry. And what jewel, making jewelry does for me is it absolutely clears my mind and it's meditative for me because nothing clears my mind. I have 87 layers of thoughts going on at any time. Like as I'm talking to you, I'm not hardly paying attention to what I'm telling you. I have, which is why I forget what I'm talking about in the middle of what I'm talking about a lot. Um, So anyway, it clears my mind and it, it kind of makes me blank. And all of a sudden this very insistent voice um, pushed into my head and she kept saying the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. And um, she was saying a name and showing me this friend of mine. So finally I texted my friend and I said, hey, did your mom used to call you this as a nickname? And she said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. It's, I didn't call her, I texted her. And then the next thing I know, I hear, pick, pick up a pen and write. So I picked up a pen and I picked up a note card and I just wrote. And I didn't even pay attention to what I was writing. And when I looked at it, um, but while I was doing it, the person in my head was saying, watch your handwriting now. No, you can't be that sloppy with your handwriting. What, mind your T's, mind your, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's and all of that stuff. Right. And... um so I was being very careful with the, he- the whole thing. And when I was done, I read it. And I was like, 
what did I just write? So I took a picture of it on both sides because it was addressed to my friend to that nickname. And I took a picture on both sides and I sent it to her. I, 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 on my phone, I texted it to her. And it was her mother's handwriting. Her mother's been dead for several years. It was her mother's handwriting. It was her mother's nickname. And it said a bunch of stuff her mother used to say to her. And I said, I have a question, and it's it's going to sound weird, but did your mom used to nag you about handwriting? And she said, oh, yes. <laughs> handwriting was very important to my mother. And even now as I'm telling you this story, I get chills because it was just, like, so weird. But then... The other thing is I took a picture. I was making a rosary at the time, and I'm not Catholic and I'm not religious, as you both know. Mm. And um, I took a picture of the rosary I was making, and I was making it out of turquoise. I hate turquoise. I just can't stand I, I don't. Turquoise doesn't resonate with me. But when I was at the store that day, something said, buy this turquoise and make this rosary. And um, turquoise was her mother's favorite, and her mother was Catholic and had a turquoise rosary. So I say that that's the day that her mother made her a turquoise rosary. And and so she clearly, she has the rosary. That was a gift from her mom to her. And she has the note card and all of that stuff. But that was when I started to think, oh, shit, there's something to this. (laughs) I mean, how do you explain that? Yeah, Yeah. Rick says porn stash. That was the same same person. (laughs) Rick, that was the same friend. And it was her brother. Yeah, you've heard the porn stash story, right, Jack? Uh Uh-huh, yes. Yes, so that was the same friend and her brother. So, what were you going to say, Chuck? No, I was going to say um, when you were talking about your story, how you like you went to the target was a target, no Walmart. Walmart. And you were like, it's like overwhelming. Yeah, they I, I need to ask, hormones I, in there. Mm-hmm. I need to ask what you meant by that because it's weird that you said that because I used to have these things when I'd go into like a Walmart or Target, but mostly Walmart because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I, I, I always thought I had. Um, there's a um, you have to help me with this. There's a there's something to be said about when you can't be in a large social group. I don't know what it's a phobia, social anxiety. No? Yeah, something like that. I would go into these. I would go into a store. I swear to God, it would freak me out. Like, I'm gonna be there like yeah, ten minutes. And I, I need to, mm-hmm. and I need to get the hell out. I I mean I literally need to get the hell out. or I'm gonna pass out or something. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm gonna pass out. Okay, yes. All right, just making because yeah. so Walmart does it to me. Um, Fries. Do you know what Fries is? A big huge electronics store. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah does it to me cabela's does it to me and i don't know if there's something about all those people carrying guns at cabela's i mean i'm i'm not exactly sure what it is but there's so well jim and i went you know i so i'm aware of this about myself now so i try really hard to um put up a shield when i'm going Mm -hmm. to go in a situation where there's a lot of people uh last Probably last year on our anniversary, I'm going to guess, we went up to Seattle to see Spamalot. And I was really excited about going to see Spamalot, and I completely forgot to put up my shield. And we wound up having to stand in the lobby of the theater, waiting to get into the theater with all of the people. Oh, man. And... I it was really really difficult. It was really really difficult, and it wasn't that the people were mean or bad, or it was just mm-hmm. that all of that energy was bouncing around inside of me, and I hadn't shielded for it. And I think that's what happens at like Fries and Cabela's. They're both and Walmart. All three of those are very very busy stores. Mm-hmm. Very busy yeah. stores. Target's not so busy, but Walmart and Cabela's and Fries are all. I mean, there's so many people there, and I it always catches me by surprise because I don't think that I 
I, I don't, and now I do. I shield myself. Well, it's weird because I can go. I can go into a Walmart now, and I, it doesn't seem to bother me. I don't know if I'm shielding myself. I don't know how, how you really do that, but it, it doesn't seem to bother me. But like we went to see Terry Fader in Indiana, and it's like a large. It's a huge amount of people, you know, waiting to get it. You know, like you're all standing and crowded in uh, mm-hmm. to get into this place, and I was freaking. I was like, yeah, I, I have to get to my chair. I need to sit down. I'm freaking out. There's just it's, too much. Too much going on, and it's you know much I mean? harder to put a shield in place when you're in the middle of the situation than it is to do ahead of time. Mm, okay. All right. Well, so, that makes sense. So, okay. Well, yeah. I, I'll tell you really quickly, if you don't know how to put up a shield, what I would suggest you do is the volume switches for people who are empathic. Volume switches work. I have never told you this. No, no. Volume switches work very well. So close your eyes and picture in your head two volume switches. One of the volume switches is going to be labeled me. The other one is going to be labeled everyone else. Okay. It can be a slider switch, it can be a rotating, just any anything that you associate with turning up the volume and turning down the volume. You ready? Okay. Turn up yes. the me volume to full capacity, turn down the everyone else volume to zero. Okay. Oh, and wow. check in every once in a while and adjust the volumes from whatever okay. position you see them to do that. It's very effective. Wow. All right, I'm going to try that because, yeah, I mean, I was thinking slider switches for me, but, yeah, that, that makes it easy for... Because I'm sort of like you, I'm my brain's always going like some like they're telling me you need to meditate, and so I was trying to do that, you know, like playing music. And I, I I I really try, but it's just not working. So uh, I'm playing I the music, and it's like, oh my god, it's like my. Also, I'm like thinking, oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Uh, I have a little stuff to do, and then oh, what's going to be on TV? I'm like, oh my god, Chuck, you're supposed to be meditating, you idiot. Oh, mine is like okay. I'm thinking of nothing. I'm thinking of nothing. Oh, my God, it's working. I'm truly thinking of nothing. Look at me thinking of nothing. Holy cow. Oh, crap, I'm thinking of something. That's my meditation. (laughs) Good. I'm not the only one that can't do it. I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm a failed psychic. I can't meditate. No, because you can meditate in all kinds of ways. You find an activity that quiets your mind. It can be Mm -hmm. movement meditation. It can be walking. It can be breathing and mindfulness. Um, So if you have a hobby that just takes you out of your head, Mm -hmm. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Does this happen to Um, you, Rick? Does that stuff happen to you? At Walmart? No, like you know, in like general, like large crowds and I mean that's why I don't go to parties and stuff. I just can't handle large amounts of people, so Sometimes I, I mean can't. with you know with Walmart I'm just affected by falling prices personally but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's, Jim and I were driving by Walmart one day there was an ambulance outside and I said oh it looks like somebody forgot to watch for falling prices <laughs> it's uh, um, yeah and it, it has happened in um, in like places where it's like you know you're not really supposed to ever just read somebody because you know without their permission because that's right. just that's just Sometimes you can't help it. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you can't help it. And we were, in, we were in Walmart one time, and a guy bumped into me. And when he bumped into me, it was like, this person was bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're just, See, right. that's usually when you can't help it is when somebody touches you. Yeah, and it was like they were just – I couldn't really get a read on what it is that they were doing, but it was bad, and it was something that was sexual in nature. It was just oh. – it made me feel very – very icky. Dirty. A long time for it to wear off. Go home, take some cold showers. <laughs> no, it wasn't that kind Scrub, of like that. Scrub right? it down. Oh, okay. It was a different. It was something. Kind of... It was something bad, and I'm and it's like I could feel oh. it. Yeah, and okay. it just it took a while for it to go away. It took it took a couple of days actually, where it was like I don't know what this person's doing, but whatever it is that mm-hmm. they're doing, 
It is bad. I'm sorry. I thought it was other. I thought it was maybe the Bound Chikawawa thing. You know. No, no, no. I don't know what it was exactly, but it was just bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. So yeah, that's it's weird. definitely a tough one. Okay, so let's see. Um, so yes. scariest experience, Chuck. Scariest experience? I mean, not really. Um, not really. What, what I, I guess. Well, I guess you could call it scary, but kind of it just kind of freaked me out too. Um, Rick was with me actually. We were at Willow Creek Farm. Oh we're yeah, all, we're all sitting at the table. That was we're cool. all sitting at the table, and um, and all of a sudden you hear the and we here. So we'll set it up. So we were down in the basement. We came up. I latched it tight, made sure it was tight and everything, because that's one of the haunted areas. And then mm-hmm. um, we made sure it was all good. Everybody's sitting at the table. We're all just kind of talking and just chilling and stuff. And all of a sudden you hear the door handle, and it's going faster and faster and faster. And I, and I look up, <laughs> I see Rick looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and we're like, our brains are t- take, trying to take account, is everyone here? Is everyone here? Is yeah. everyone here? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to crap on my pants because the door's like, just go off the hinge. All of a sudden, bam, the door just flies open. We jump up and run up to the hallway, and there is nobody there. Just is the freakiest thing. It was the sound that freaked me out, not the action. Sometimes they make weird noises. Yeah, I'm like, what's that latching sound? Like in a horror movie, and it's getting louder and faster and louder. I'm like, oh my god! All of a sudden, here, boom, and the door just pops open. And I'm like, me and Rick jump up, go to run the hall, and it's like, what the heck was that all about? It was crazy. It was, but now, but now here's here's a here's an interesting even something that's even more so interesting with that. Remember yes. earlier, I had the uh, I had my laser grid that was pointed down that hall towards that mm-hmm. door, and yes. I saw a figure lean out from a closed door, mind you, from mm-hmm. the door and just like zip right back in. <laughs> so it's like yeah. it's almost as if they were they were like waiting for that perfect moment. Yeah, and it was crazy too because I remember going back like a the last the next time we went back was I don't know a couple months later we went back I went with Al actually and we we went and checked that door out we did lots of extensive pushing banging everything trying to think you know maybe because they had a guy had a, you know a couple cats maybe the yeah. cats were I'm like no way so we're like measuring the latch there's no way that once that door is latched because it's an old farm door so it's like that they have flat sliding latches to go down really deep there it's is like no way inches. yeah there's no way. There's just no possible yeah. way unless someone was doing it and flipped it up and then banged the door open. So, yeah, that was pretty yeah. – that, that scared yeah. the crap out of me a little bit, yeah. Yeah, the creepiest one for me <clears> – <throat> excuse me. The creepiest one for me is, again, in my book because I can't have an experience without writing about it. Sorry. I also <laughs> can't cook anything without writing about it. So, you know, it is what it is, folks. Um, but anyway, and it was in that apartment where Godzilla was on the bed and – that was the I love you ghost, and he would come in, and I would hear, even though my front door was locked, I would hear the door creep open, and I would hear the footsteps coming from the front door into my bedroom and to the side of my bed, and I would feel the bed depress next to me, and um, whoever it was would lean over and whisper in my ear, I love you, and it would actually huh. make the hair flutter next to my face. It would flutter. Oh, my God. Oh, Yeah. Tell me that wouldn't freak out a 21 I'd be out of that bed and me in my car in the driveway. That's, well, that did eventually That'd lead to... That'd be a dude run right there. Yeah, that, that eventually did lead to me um, spending the night at the uh, 
<laughs> at the Super 8 Motel, and by which the next morning I came home and Godzilla was on the bed, so there you go. <laughs> now, see, I would love to go back to that apartment, and I would love to... He probably wouldn't love me anymore, but he probably loves somebody else now. But I would love to go back to that apartment and see if I could figure that whole thing out now. Yeah. So what happened with the Godzilla really quick? Did you, like, just freak out and stab it, and it goes, you know what I mean? <laughs> or did you just move it somewhere and get rid of it? I... What happened to Godzilla? What did you do to him? I went down, I turned and fled the apartment and ran down to the apartment building office. Uh-huh. And um, this was this really neat, they were these neat old World War II military housing. And the grounds were so beautiful. They were kind of these rolling hills, and you would have buildings with like two or three, and they were very old-fashioned looking, and they were just really neat apartments. Anyway, so I ran down, I mean ran, sprinted down to the um, apartment manager's office, and I said, did somebody come into my apartment today? Did somebody, you know, they were like, no, we would let you know. We always have to give you notice before nobody's been in your apartment. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you the one thing it's and it was not paranormal, but it was really super freaky was that I used to also hear noises outside my window in that apartment it was a first floor floor apartment mm-hmm. and there was a groundskeeper there, and he he watched me a lot like oh. when I was because I would be out running and stuff um I was you know a little cute tight twenty one year old who taught aerobics and was always in my little aerobics tights and you know my oh. little butt yeah. floss aerobics Bounce. outfits Bounce-a-wow-wow there. that's right uh-huh. um, so he watched me a lot well, and I would hear noises at night outside of my bedroom window, and I would smell like cigarette smoke and stuff and um when we when I was moving out of the apartment, I finally got up the balls to look outside that window because I never wanted to know. And there were probably 300 cigarette butts all around that window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's wrong. And that's actually, to tell you the truth, it's not paranormal, but it's the creepiest thing that has ever happened yeah. to me. Yeah, peeping times are always creepy. I know. Well, Chucky, you've got to go get ready for mm-hmm. a show. So tell me, tell me what's coming up on the uh, big Halloween extravaganza. Oh, we're going to have some fun. I've changed my intro to the show. We're going to play some music in the middle. We're going to do some storytelling. We're, I have uh, Kalina, my BFF from Nova Scotia. Kalina and her sister, Tracy J. They're both psychics. We have the psychic sisters from Nova Scotia coming. And we're just kind of going to play it loose today and... Uh, tell some scary stories like i said and do a bunch of other stuff and it'll just be like the not normal show it'll be fun it'll be cool it'll be Halloween. all right well you have a great show i hope people stick around and listen to in the dark radio with chucky e. g here just as soon as we're done in about 12 minutes or so um and have a fantastic show and happy halloween okay thanks yes thanks, Chuck. and rick yes and rick by the way i did say bff <laughs> I, rick's just jealous because he thought he thought he was your BFF. Yeah. Wow, wow. Well, she's from Nova Scotia. I have BFFs all over the world. So That's true. I'm probably your BFF from Washington. There you go. See? See? There you go. There you go. All right. I'll all see right. you guys Thanks, Chucky. All right. All right thanks. Sure. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So, some interesting, interesting things that we've experienced in our years doing yes. this. And what's really interesting is a lot of it is stuff that we've experienced not in pursuit of the paranormal, but things that set us in pursuit of the paranormal. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, 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 these are, these are personal experiences, of course, but you know, it's, 
they're, they're, they're personal experiences that I think that shaped who we are and shaped mm-hmm. how we do things. And, um, you know, that's what makes them real. Yeah, definitely. Well, interesting stuff. So, Cheryl? Good stuff. Tell me your creepiest experience. Oh, wow. Um, it's funny because when I investigate, and, and by investigate, I mean group tours, I never... <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever works. Um, I never have anything happen. And it's like, I get so frustrated because, like, you know, somebody's standing next to me like, oh, I just saw, you know, a full-bodied apparition. And I see nothing or they'll hear like a disembodied voice and I've got, I don't hear it, you know, but my personal experiences are like outrageous. And I just don't know why I, I just, you know, I don't have those while on investigations. I, I just never do. But I'll tell you probably one of the, the creepiest, not creepiest, but scary, actually it was really scary, um, happened in a house I lived in when I was younger and I was a teenager and it was quite haunted, um, had a lot of paranormal activity and I, it was actually broad daylight. Okay. I was home alone, middle of the day and I was in the living room and all of a sudden I hear this pounding on our living room window, big living room window, huge window, you know, that spanned the wall of the living room towards the front of the house and just bang, bang, bang. I'm like, whoa what was that you know so i jump up i I run over to the other room and i go through the door that's to the back of the living room so there's a door that goes wraps around to the front and then one that goes through the kitchen to the living room slash dining room and so i'm at the back of the room like looking out towards where i'm hearing the banging which is the front of the house and i there's nothing there but it's bang 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 just as loud as can be i mean i was frightened scared out of my mind because there's I don't know what's making the noise I can't make any sense out of it and it just and I just stood there you know with my eyes wide open staring at the window you know just just keeps going bang 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 so finally I yelled stop it really loud and it stopped oh that'll make you feel comfortable and that made it worse and you know what I did then I went out to my car and sat in the front yard till my friend came over (laughs) You know, what what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. Like I say, hey, I paid, I forked out money to stay in a seedy Super 8 motel. I would not go back in. Any ghost imaginable. Uh, Yeah. The Super 8? Well, I didn't sleep. (laughs) No. Super 8's not that bad, by the way. Oh, well, I I don't, my memory of it was, you know, I was 21. (laughs) It was over half my life ago. That's funny. That's really the scariest thing. I mean, I've seen full-bodied apparitions yeah. just in, in in and around my homes and heard things, seen things that are that are scary as well. But that was just to me, for some reason, the most shocking thing for some reason because I couldn't figure out why was somebody that I couldn't see banging on the front window so hard. Like, it no, was I that would freak me out a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. So you want to know the funniest one is that um, freaky is I was asleep one night and I woke up and I opened my eyes and there was a hand right in front of my face. (laughs) And I realized I was laying on my back with my elbow up and my hand was hanging over my face. I woke up and went... (gasps) Oh my God, that is frightening. I remember you telling that story. That is frightening. 
Wow. That terrified me. Honest to God. I, I mean, this was years ago, and I still remember that moment viscerally because it scared the shit out of me. And then, of course, you realize it's your own hand. It's like, oh, my God. Well, that's so funny. Uh, Chad just reminded me that we did our own little investigations, just just him and I and, and, and my kids at the Alex Johnson Hotel and the Queen Anne Hotel. Yeah. And we stayed in the quote unquote haunted rooms, you know, and we did our own little EVP sessions, investigations. And there was actually some pretty intriguing stuff. I wouldn't say scary, but a little creepy. We were doing an EVP session and I, I've never had this actually happen. But when we were questioning, there would be knocks and answer to the questions, seemingly intelligent knockings around the room at different areas of the room. And that was in the Queen Anne Hotel. And then in the Alex Johnson, you know about that incident that happened with Chad that was just really creepy and spooky where he felt like he was being possessed. Um, yeah. But um, th- those were just, you know, us. And we weren't on a true investigation. But That's okay. You know, you but... dip your toe in here and there. Yep, yep. Maybe once you're settled into Tennessee, you'll find a group. Yeah. Or well, start Chad, your own. Chad used to belong to a group here in Tennessee. I don't know if he plans on trying to reconnect with them. But you never know. Right. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so what's coming up? Oh, good. We have some good stuff coming up. And um, next week we are going to have uh, uh, Connie Willis. And that is uh, next week being November 6th. And you can check Connie out at ConnieWillis.com. Click on the little moon shaped by her headshot and find out about her paranormal adventures we we'll to be talking to her next week um on we're skipping ahead november 20th our friend and paranormal underground writer ian white will be joining us oh cool yep and ian is just a wealth of information about all things paranormal he also has a book coming out oh cool yep mm-hmm. it's it's coming out uh here pretty soon um, the title is Witchcraft and Black Magic in British Cult Cinema. Mm. You know, I, uh, I, I, he actually gave me an opportunity to read that book uh, a couple get, months ago. Did I get the title right? I just want to make sure I got the title right. Yeah, okay. yeah, it, it sounds right. He gave me he gave me the opportunity of reading that a couple months ago, and man, I loved it. Good. I really, okay. really liked it. So I mean, it's definitely something that you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, you you you, you want to pick it up and read it. Yeah, and Very I, cool. I, I'm not sure if it's out yet. I think it might be coming out in December, but may, maybe sooner. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out from his writings for us at Paranormal Underground. It, they're amazing. He, he has a journalistic style where he'll go into some interviews, then go into some research he's done. Um, so he's got, you know, firsthand and then also research um, interviews and, and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that and um right now that's what we've got going on. All right. Well, so um I hope you guys have a wonderful Halloween. Enjoy your first Halloween Rick in the new house and yep. Cheryl in the new life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's supposed to snow, I'll, you guys. I'll be here trying not to eat candy. It's supposed to snow on Halloween here. Um, wow, you know, when I lived in eastern Washington, when I went to school, it would snow on Halloween, but it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Very good. <laughs> All right, and Rick, have fun dressing up like Robin, the boy wonder. Plan on it. 
and enjoy enjoy Theo while he's little and still likes to do these things. Uh, you know what? I'm 40 and I still like to do these things. <laughs> I know. You know, I never really liked Halloween. So, but yes. Tanner's dad was always really into it. So he would come and take Tanner out trick or treating. And the best Halloween ever was the year he came made up like one of the um, the cats from the musical Cats. Oh my God! Cool. Ken Tanner's dad, not Tanner. Right. It was hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed that. Anyway, um, all right, so stick around for Chucky e. G. He's going to have a great spooky special Halloween show, and you know Chucky's a lot of fun. And um, we will be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio and the Hazy Radio Network. Y'all have a good night. Happy Halloween. Bye. If you'd be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio... Email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. <laughs>